Welcome, and thank you for listening to Optics in Action, where we showcase leaders with vision and clarity. My name is Ryan Weiss, founder and CEO of EPS. Our team is focused on enabling companies to align people and process for increased revenue, profitability, and scalable growth while reducing the frustrations of your employees and customers. If you or someone you know is interested in applying to be a guest on this podcast, you can find more information at podcast.epsoptics.com. Let's get to our next guest. Hello and welcome back everyone to another episode of Optics in Action, where we spotlight leaders with vision and clarity. And today I am super excited to be introducing to you and our audience, Grant Norwood. Grant is the president, the founder of Norwood Energy Corporation. And uh, we're going we're gonna to learn about oil and gas and process and people in the, uh, in the oil and gas industry today. So uh, welcome, Grant. We're excited to have you. Thanks, Ryan. Happy to be here. Awesome. So the first thing I love asking cool. about, because I think purpose is so important to our audience and to the people around us. Why do you do what you do? Why did you get into, you know, energy? Why, why did you start this company or, or why do you lead this company? What gets you excited every day? And honestly, I feel like I'm treasure hunting. Um, I haven't really said that on a podcast before because they really don't ask why I love it. They want to know about it. Why, I mean, kind of why I'm into it or what got me. They really start with what got you into it or what's your life story and stuff like that. But if you really want to know why I love it, why I get up excited to do it every day, I feel like I'm treasure hunting. And since that's not a practical thing or a way to make a living these days, uh, this is the next best thing. So we, whenever you're drilling a well or exploring for oil and gas you're literally exploring it that's why they say it's an emp company exploration and production where you explore and you hope to produce uh when you make a well you actually call it you find oil you found it because all the science can point to a great outcome science science all the professionals it doesn't matter where they're from in the world what experience they're all going to say yes and then the result could be no um so you actually find it. So for me, just that thrill of the chase, thrill of the hunt, uh, I'm only, I don't, I'm actually very, I don't like a lot of risk. So, you know, although I want a treasure hunt, I kind of go for the lowest hanging fruit of treasures, if you will, uh, because it's still, it's still a rush and a thrill. Uh, it can get much more deeper and dangerous than that. And I just don't have the stomach for it. But at the end of the day, my little version of trader hunting is what gets me excited. That's, that's awesome. I, I love, I love that perspective. So, uh, so a little side story, a couple of weeks ago, we were, we were down in the, uh, in the Virgin Islands. And I, we had some friends who were going down a couple of weeks after us, and I hid a treasure down there for them. <laughs> Wait, really? I hid, I hid treasure, and they just found it last Sunday. Uh, I gave them a little uh, a little expedition, but that, so I love the concept of treasure hunting. That's a that's a yeah, lot. You have to show me a picture of it. That's kind of fun. What's that? I said you have to show me a picture of it. That's kind of fun. I will. I will. I'll, I'll send it to you afterwards because it was. Uh, I just had this gold medal that I that I won a few years ago. I, I don't think it was real gold, but I I took it, hit it, you know, gave them a latitude, longitude, kind of get got them in the area and uh, and stuff, but. I think I think it's great that you found something like that that fulfills your passion, fulfills an interest of treasure hunting, 
and does it in yeah. a way that you can actually make money and you can um and you can find investors and do all the stuff that you right. uh, I agree. No, work can be a drag sometimes. And if you don't have like some kind of factor that's drawing you in, I don't know that you can be that passionate about it or want to rise to the occasion. I mean, there's some people that just have that much grit. But for me, it's I'm not I'm not really working or trying all that hard at all. Uh just like another guy playing his video game, really. Yeah. Uh, for if if that's what you're into. I yeah. just happen to be into this. So, 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 so tell us a little bit about what your company actually does or what you're you've got some companies that uh that are yeah. tell us a little bit about the what you do, like what what is I mean, it that, from, uh, that you actually do? Yeah, uh, so we do a lot of from square one organically, just go to a farmer, take a lease after we've done a lot of geological studies and place our pick our locations, drill our well, complete our well, and produce. That's what you hope to do. Can you mess or can can you find nothing? Yes, you get down there and there's nothing there. Uh, but we do top to bottom, start to finish, uh, drilling and production, producing. And then we also we acquire existing fields. Uh, they can be relatively new, not really anything that's newer than five or six years, but they can be relatively new or they can be ancient, you know, and by ancient, I mean, 50, 60, 70 years old. Uh, we don't really go for a vintage much older than that, uh, but quite a wide window, you know, anywhere between six and 60 years, you know. Uh, when we take over those fields, though, we're taking them over typically, like typically being every single time so far, uh, we're taking them over to make improvements. Uh, we're trying to buy stuff under market value, make changes, make improvements, and then it's sit and enjoy the cash flow until the right opportunity comes and we get to exit. So we're never in a hurry to exit. You know, when prices go high, money gets crazy. There's new people coming to the market that are paying, you know, just at that time, higher multiples than uh, what we call pros. Pros are people that do this day in, day out. They've done this. It's not their first day. So they're going to pay way more than pros on top of the fact that you got an inflated cash flow because of the price of the commodity. Uh, we just sit back and wait. So yeah. we get in there, undervalue, happy to sit and you know make the returns. Uh, but when it's time to cash out, we are not scared or in love with anything. But Fantastic. Are, that's us. So, so one of the things I, I'm really passionate about and uh, and the folks in my audience and my clients and all these people, like they know, right? Ryan's sort of the process guy. And uh, so right. the, what you do and kind of how you do it. And uh, um, that's really important. But the other thing is the people are important as well, right? The, they are. The, the people are really, and, and you're dealing with, and I've got in-laws who are farmers and, right? So you've got, it sounds like a pretty diverse group of people that you're interacting with to make all this work. You've got, you mentioned farmers, you got, um, you got, I'm sure the, you know, the teams, the engineers, the folks who are going out and actually doing the drilling and construction and, and supply chain, all these things. So how do you deal with the people and the diverse personalities and investors and all these other things? What, what do you, what have you learned about dealing with people in this, uh, um, in this journey? Um, what have I learned about dealing with them? That everybody's different. Um, just kind of take it slow because people might not always mean what you think you, what, what you think they meant at first, you know, uh, the deliveries can be 
different from one person to the next. And they could mean that they could be totally trying to be kind and respectful to you, but it doesn't look like that based on the way people act in this part of the country. And kind of how I had to deal with that is, you know, when you drill wells in Texas versus Louisiana, it's a bit different, not quite as much as when you drill wells in Illinois yeah. or Kentucky. They're all great people, but you might not understand what they mean and if there's hostility, you know, because really when you're on somebody's property, that uh, owns, you're on their property, they own the surface, they don't always own the minerals. You'll have to work together. You have to try to work together. Uh, and you're just the oil guy that's coming to put a hole in his pretty field. Um, and it's, it's not always the best kind of relationship, but I don't know. I'm just glad I went to a big Texas uh, public school. I mean, I grew up in the suburbs, but it was still I had a large graduating class. So I was used to dealing with a lot of people from, you know, time I was with school through grade school, then you get to college. It was kind of just slowly stepped up, you know, and then when you have 60, 70 employees and then you extend that in different directions, like it gets easier and it gets manageable, but I'd say it does take a special kind of personality, not that I'm tooting my own horn, or it takes a special person to be able to take all of that in and uh, not get confused or turned around or just overwhelmed. Yeah, I, I think I think you're absolutely right. I think the entrepreneurial mindset of um, of putting systems and processes in place, right? That's one thing. You've got to be able to generate money. You've got to be able to find a process, a unique system, a way of a way of working. And then, but you've also got to find this way of communicating. And uh, and those two sort of mindsets in order to successfully combine them to really create a successful business like you have, it, right. it takes some, some uh, it, it takes some learning. It, it's sometimes a bumpy road, sometimes a, a smoother road, but, uh, but you've, it sounds like you've learned some really yeah. important lessons along the, uh, along the journey. Yeah, I definitely have. And like, if I were to just throw a tip out there, it's super obvious. Everybody might already know it, but just hire local. You know, when you have like a headquarters in one city and you've got operations in towns all over the place, you know, hire local. They're going to communicate with their folks the best. Uh, and uh, you don't know how, you don't know why. It just it just happens. It works. Yeah, that's a great, great tip. So uh, so as, as you think about sort of the uh, the, the process of, uh, of exploration, does it, does it typically start with finding investors? Does it typically start with finding a, uh, a a location that you want to target where where does your process typically start when you're when you're going on the journey of this exploration and treasure hunting well it definitely doesn't start with the investors um i guess technically it might for some outfits organizations that exist today because everybody has a first day mm -hmm. you know everybody's got had that time where they didn't have any money um i worked for other people not for very long but I saved every penny I ever made until I was able to feel comfortable enough to step out on, in this uh, arena on my own. Um, so really, I before I could uh, hire, say, a geologist, an engineer, um, you know, field staff, all the stuff, um, I actually went to a geologist and bought some of his work off of him. And then I had now the, the opportunity uh, laid out in front of me. Then I could kind of lay it down, do my numbers, get my bids, uh, get 
learn about the state regulations, just everything it took to be legal and good uh, to commence uh, operations on the project. And uh, from there, now that I've got it, it's mine. It's in my name. I own it. I've got the lease. Leases are typically three years. Sometimes have an ex have extension language where you can extend it if you need more time. But uh, now that I've got the opportunity, I can go and offer the opportunity, friends and family, whoever have you, um, and then I can have support in, you know, taking it on. So that's kind of how I did. So I just took the but capital. It's really, it's really finding the, like, if I if I understood that correctly, under finding the the opportunity. treasure opportunity. Yes. You're finding the location. You're finding the, right. the people you got to negotiate with to to right. Say, Ray, we want to do some exploration here. Correct. And see, now that's I don't know that that's exactly what you're looking for to like kind of relate, which I can get to that. So just because that's what I did on my first one. Yeah, saved up sure. a bunch of or saved up money however long it took whatever I had to go without to be able to take it on get my first one and get started then that capital allowed me to hire an engineer allowed me to hire a geologist now the process is look over an area and believe it or not not being a geologist or an engineer I kind of do it myself so I kind of I scope things out I'll see who's playing where I kind of read about areas. I'm a huge history buff, and everywhere in the country that's produces oil has been drilled. Whether or not it's all been produced, whatever strategy to drill it, it's been drilled, and there's information. Mm -hmm. So I'll study that information. When I see something that piques my interest, I tell my geology or my geologist, here's a map, here's the box. What do you think? And then he'll give me some high-level details. It usually spends about a week, two weeks to give me the high-level details. Uh, if it looks good to me, looks good to him, then we start talking to my engineer. Yeah. What do you think? What complications are we going to run into trying to actually drill one of these wells? You know, uh, maybe he has or maybe he hasn't drilled a well in that area. Maybe we need a consulting engineer. Maybe we need a consulting geologist. Um, there, there's all kinds of scenarios that we've been through. Yeah. Uh, but that's kind of our process. Yeah. Me scoping out. That's just out of, you know whatever might have drawn me to it you never know um and then pass it pass it it's passed as a spell test goes the next one passes a spell test then we all get together and then we go deeper in each of our respective uh disciplines uh and if we can't poke holes in it and we weigh the risk the reward and we like it hey we we proceed and we execute yeah, yeah. What are what are some of the biggest challenges you run into? Are there, are there bottlenecks or challenges that uh, that are sort of common in your industry that you run into, and and how do you address them? Um, sometimes it can just be states, specific states. Uh, it can really be a lot of the the topography. Um, there's great places to drill. It might be hard to access. Uh, there might be places that have big time title issues, uh, where they're you know it's just that long ago that someone didn't know really how to write up the conveyance properly, or you know they had so many children that they separated amongst. Because what's crazy is the surface surface usually stays intact unless it's lotted out or partitioned and uh, passed along that way. 
but these but these minerals they get cut up even might be different yeah well they get they get severed and then the person moves and then they might get them again and then they get severed and then they move again well when it comes time to look into the next life or whatever you want to refer to it as for this conversation uh they're sitting down they're looking over their estate and they're going okay well i got 13 grandchildren i've got uh you know x this x that uh i only own my house so i'm just gonna let them sell it and split the money what do i do with these mineral rights here 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 and now they're all busted up yeah and then since then two more generations have passed and now we're right here we are today and yeah. that 500 acre farm is going to take about 200 people to be able to uh drill a well that means this, this, conversations. Yeah, this, is, this is exactly the type of stuff i love talking about and understanding in different industries because you've got this this uh you've got the technical thing so you talked about technical you talked about topography and about the engineering and what engineering challenges we might have and uh, there may be legal situation and the, the sort of legal stuff. So it's very technical stuff in what you're doing. But then on the other hand, you, you started talking about these people related topics and uh, right. how do you navigate the, uh, the the politics or how do you navigate the the family dynamics of these 200 people who all own some right. percentage of the mineral rights. And so every organization, every entrepreneur I talk to, I love having these conversations about what are the process challenges and, and, and things you deal with? What are the people challenges that uh, they have right. to overcome? And it's really interesting to hear this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and see earlier when we were, when you asked me about the people, uh, I just mentioned my employees, where they, whether they look, they're a local spread out main office, field office, second office, whatever have you. Um, those are them. And then we deal with some landowners, you know, well, that's that one farmer that, is underneath his feet are 200 people, you know, and then let's say that um, amongst those 200 people, 40 of them sold to companies that are actually raising money on mineral rights that got further broken a hundred pieces a piece. And you've got to then have 200 conversations or even sometimes, I mean, our biggest field or our, the most amount of royalty owners we have on one field is about 6,300. That's in East Texas. No um, way. So you got you got to think that this field's been around now for a while, but if I were to plug those wells and move on, there's not many companies or people that are going to ever go and put that back together again. You wouldn't be able to get all the leases before the original, the first ones you got expired. You would have time. I mean, there's that many people unless you had. Uh, well, that's interesting. Army so you, so helpers. You, so there are situations where you have to have leases with each individual so so you only you have to every time you have to every you know, time. and now some states if they refuse terms and stuff like that then uh you can move on or you can move on but that's after you've accumulated 90 percent, 95 percent. you know it's gotta it's gotta be a very high percentage um and sometimes that varies yeah uh, but then it takes away from then what happens is they actually get an opportunity to put money into the well uh at your cost yeah. And uh, if they don't, then, you know, they have a percentage burden uh, because you have to pay for their share for them. But after the well performs so much, then they get that share for free wow. um, or whatever's left of it. So you just imagine at that point 
how many people because we did mention how do you talk to all these people yeah i only that's, mentioned that's, it. a small small part that <laughs> is first. that's so fascinating so goes into this thing man for like the few parts uh that we've discussed like to get to actually drill a well high level there's thousands upon thousands of moving pieces in each one of those uh parts but uh it's real rewarding when it works that's awesome. I I love I love the uh, I mean if I think about this conversation we start off with that treasure hunt right that's the that's the thing and so there's this I, I, as a, as the conversation evolved and, and we're kind of wrapping up here I think you've got this this the treasure hunt is not just about the physical treasure of finding oil but it's also the navigation of all of these dimensions and factors that you've got to get through. To even explore for the oil so so you've got like it is that you know there's sort of this physical treasure hunt and there's this you know process you're going through to, oh, yeah. uh, to get there so oh, um, you gotta be a ninja doing some kung fu sometimes there's a lot to do and you know say you've got 10 of these projects going on and uh even though you got a great team you still have to step in people might be sick and then Maybe you have three or four people sick, yeah. you know, or maybe they just need your help. And they need your help over here, here, and here. It's a wild business. Yeah. Uh, well, Grant, uh, thank you so much for being on this episode of Optics in Action, where we spotlight or spotlight leaders with vision and clarity. And it's clear that you've got this vision of treasure hunting, which is awesome. You've got clarity as you articulated the process and the people and navigating these things. So I sincerely appreciate having you on this uh, this episode of Optics in Action. And I know there are folks in my audience who would be interested in contacting you or maybe connecting with you, uh, maybe as potential investors or whatever that may look like in the future. Uh, I, have, I I don't know any of that stuff, but how how do people find out more about you or connect with you if, uh, if they're interested in learning more? Man, uh, call one of the offices, send me an email, uh, send, you know, one of the info, We've got info, investor relations, anything at all. I'll, I'll see all of it or someone on my team will see all of it directed towards me. Uh, I'll reach out and communicate whether you just need me to consult. If you're looking at someone else's project, uh, if you want to see what we've got going on at the time, uh, we're real open, we're real friendly. We love to help anybody, whether it's directly related to our operations or otherwise. So uh, we just want everybody to have a good experience in the industry, even if it's not with us. Uh, it'll it'll behoove us all in the long run. So uh, my website, they have a con fill out contact form. We've got Instagram. We've got Facebook. We've got LinkedIn. Uh, we've got YouTube. And you can also type my name in on YouTube see some cool stuff there. I can't wait till me and Ryan have ours up there so uh, you can watch it, ours as well. Uh, That's right. I think, I think uh, it'll be good, and I'll hope to be back. Fantastic. Well, thanks again for being on this episode of Optics in Action, Grant. Appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks again. Thank you for listening to the Optics in Action podcast. If you are interested in the podcast, we welcome you to subscribe on your preferred platform, follow us on LinkedIn, or learn more at epsoptics.com. If you or someone you know is interested in applying to be a guest on this podcast, you can find more information at podcast.epsoptics.com. This is Ryan Weiss thanking you for listening to Optics in Action.